This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe today. The Big Interview, intriguing lives, remarkable careers, and gripping stories. I'm Sonal Rupani, alongside Chris McCarty and Robbie Greenfield. We're in conversation with the genius behind, oh yeah. Boris Blank is one half of the duo Yellow, Yellow, along with Dieter Meyer, who is the vocalist, the lyricist. Boris is the musical brains behind the operation. They formed in the, 19, the late 1970s, and um, in the mid-80s, they wrote... This song, Chris, was made famous when it appeared in a, in a cult classic 1986 film called Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And this particular scene where Brilliant. it appears, Ferris Bueller and his mate Cameron, they bunked <laughs> off school, yep. okay, and they just walk into the garage where Resplendent in his all its glory is Cameron's dad's GT250 Ferrari Spider. Take a listen. The 1961 Ferrari 250 GT California. Less than 100 were made. My father spent three years restoring this car. It is his love. It is his passion. It is his fault he didn't lock the garage. Ferris, what are you talking about? Ferris, my father loves his car more than life itself. A man with priorities so far out of whack doesn't deserve such a fine automobile. The, the it's song, perfection, isn't it? Sounds so wrong in a lot of ways as well when you listen to I it. I love yeah. that when he goes, it is his pride, it is his love, it is his fault he didn't lock the garage. <laughs> such, a, <laughs> such a good line. Yeah. yeah, if you've not seen that movie, I think uh, it's on Netflix, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 1986, one of the genuine cult classics of movie history is Ferris Bueller's it is. Day Off. Yeah. So let's, let's find out a bit about the background and a bit about Boris as well because uh, he, he's a fascinating individual. He, he has no formal musical training. Um, he, he, you don't he, say. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> anyone listening to hey, that? listen, listen. It made him $175 million, so... You don't say. I hope he's not listening to this. Sorry, wow. Boris. Okay, well, uh, yeah, um, it certainly worked out for him, it did. I think it's fair to say. So as a kid uh, going on holiday in Switzerland, he would go into the caves and he would be fascinated by the echoes in the caves. And he honestly he was telling me that he would stand different distances away from the rock and he'd measure oh the word. noise of the echo. That inspired him to get a, a really retro piece of kit, an A77 Revox tape recorder, and he started creating sounds in his bedroom. He would just, he would, don't, don't look at me like that, don't look at me like that, Chris. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I don't know where your in his bedroom. I don't know where your mind is going, no. but I would stick to the A77 Revox tape recorder <laughs> if I were you. Right. Um, he actually calls what this recorder was doing. He said it was a soundtrack for his brain and. And oh it was word. how he fell in love with making music at the age of 14. He'd never been taught to read music. He'd never been taught to write music. And he's got a really nice way of describing his musical process. I'm not a musician in a traditional style. I'm more than uh, like a sound painter who do some, some sound pictures, you know. It's more, I'm more a mood maker than a real musician, you know. I'm not a big composer in making very uh, symphonic music. I'm more uh, a, a sound creator and a sound building creator. It's actually really interesting what he says here because in, not, in never learning to read music, 
he realised that that would mean he could never possibly plagiarise anyone because what he was doing was just so unique. I'm uh, like a child in building a sort of a, a tower with, with lots of these little toys together. I'm more free to build something without, having, without being afraid to, to touch any other composition of other people already. So this is, in a way, my fingerprint, which is unique. One example, I was a few years ago, I was in Lisbon in this museum for Nautic. You know, there are big ship parts of ships and cannons, for example, from Vasco da Gama. And I was uh, kind of recording into the cannon, in the tube of the cannon, my own voice, which says, Tu, pe, pa, ti, po. And nobody on this planet, I'm absolutely sure, had the same idea, recording the same sort of phonetic voice, like this new track on Wabaduba, that was uh, the, the sound, the, the significance of this track is this Wabaduba. And I make a whole sort of a sequence, a sequence out of it, which is unique, which... Uh, nobody else had the same ideas. I think it's fair to say, Boris, no one did have no, the same idea. No, you're pretty much rest assured there, <laughs> Boris, that you are the only man who has been to a museum in Lisbon and started shouting down the cannons, <laughs> what, but, do, but. Um, there is no one else doing that, but it's working for him. Uh, it's yeah, working it for is. him. And, and it was, what I really liked about it was he did, he mentioned it a few times, this childlike quality. He's had so much fun over the course of his life. He's 68 now, making weird music. And that, that's how he would describe it. It is odd, it's weird, it's quirky. But in the late 70s, he met a guy called Carlos Perón. They formed a band called Yellow. They later met lyricist Dieter Meyer. And uh, the song Oh Yeah, that made them very rich and very famous as well. Now, Boris here, he talks about the creative process behind that song. Strap yourself in. At the time for Oh Yeah, the first idea was this... And then this... That was the, the first idea. And then, of course, Dieter's idea, or together with Dieter building this, oh, yeah, the moon, beautiful, the sun, even more beautiful. That's, that's sort of the essential... Uh, things in the in this track. Please tell me, Rob, you got him to do the whole song. No, 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 I couldn't ask him <laughs> to do that. I could listen to that all no. day. Yeah, right? he, you'll hear a few more. He goes off, he does a, a few more little beats for you later on in the interview, but his manager, Ian Tregoning, um, who were the, they were the, he managed the band between 83 and 1987, he played a crucial role in, in getting that song on the Ferris Bueller Day Off film because he basically introduced it to the producer of the movie, John Hughes. And when you're sitting in that little studio in Switzerland creating this bizarre yeah. composition. I wanted to know if Boris himself had any idea whether this movie was going to be a smash hit. And when he'd heard it for the first time, once it was all finished, did he have a conviction that what we had on his hands was a hit record waiting to happen? Absolutely not. You know, we never thought or we never pretend to do something or, or try to do something just for the success. We just do music as we like it, like children who are, have fun with something. We are recording something and that's it. And we never thought that this is a, a track which follows us until the, in our days, you know. Yeah. Still doing uh, well for commercials, for some film, for Hollywood films, a few Hollywood films take, oh yeah. And it's still alive. It's also, I can say it's, it's sort of timeless 
this track, you can hear it today as you can uh, you heard it at the time in the 80s, so it's it's timeless somehow. It's what we were talking about. That yeah. absolutely is. It is a bit. Even though it's very 80s, you can tell it's very much of that decade. It is timeless. I mean, a 2017 ad campaign just used it. So yeah. well, three years ago. But you know, you know what I mean. Like yeah. it, it's got that same. It just captures. It's got the essence of that moment that really sums up. You know the. <laughs> Whatever you, when you when you're looking at a Ferrari GT and you've just bunked <laughs> off school, oh yeah. I asked him whether the idea behind the song was to encapsulate that moment in life where everything just oh, it's just so good. And he told me that the repetition of oh yeah, it happened by accident because originally Dieter had composed these lyrics that were very different, and none of them were happy with the lyrics that he had written. I told him, let's just for fun record the two words oh yeah through out the whole song and he said okay boris i do this for you but i i don't think this is a good idea <laughs> but the other day when we we listened back the recording me dieter and of course ian trigoni we thought wow we just let this uh, in in the song dieter comes with the idea like uh, the sun beautiful the moon even more beautiful oh yeah you know this oh yeah has something just really positive. What else can you say then? Oh, yeah, this is, that's just the most positive thing you can say. Oh, no, it's also nice, but the, oh, yeah, is is uh, is much more positive and, and, as you say, joyful. Can oh, no, Boris, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, oh, no. Yeah, oh, no is not quite as nice as oh, yeah, Boris. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to put it out there. That, that, that. He's, what he's saying, though, there is, is absolutely right. Oh, yeah, just saying it in the yeah. manner that it is in the song. It is those moments where you're just like, yeah, this is life. Basically, the song featured in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It catapulted them. It made them incredibly wealthy, as we just detailed. Uh, not that it really changed Boris all that much, but how did the reaction to the song and its success change his life? He actually revealed a surprising benefit <laughs> to its fame and notoriety. When I go to America, and in my passport uh, is, is, is written uh, Boris Blank, music producer, uh, the the guy on the on the at the at the custom they asked me, well, Mr. Blank, uh, is there something which uh, I know about your music? And then I say, oh yeah, bow bow, and then he said, wow, that's you, and wow, I'm through. The custom, you know, very fast. I'm loving Boris. <laughs> that's, a, that's a risky move. What if yeah. you throw that out there in full force and the person doesn't know it? Uh, yeah. I love that. Well, I'm sure. The success of it, I mentioned earlier, $175 million that wow. it's made from all the, the associated things that it's appeared in. But it didn't fundamentally change anything for Boris, as he explains. Of course, I was very happy that we are kind of get some more money to build our circus we call this, uh, I call it my studio, uh, bigger and buy some more instruments, whatever. But I'm not, how should I say, I'm, 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 I carry on working like I do this every day because I'm going to, to the studio like a factory worker every morning, uh, have, a, have a, a salad and then go back to the studio and go home, walking the dog, and that's my, my day. So I, I'm regularly uh, uh, making music, so I'm... And you know that was a lucky punch, I, gu I guess. This oh yeah, this is this was not on purpose done. It, it's just another yellow track which finds its way to uh, to beautiful films and beautiful 
people. He's right in a lot of ways there. A bit of luck. Someone on the car in the, the Ferris Bueller Day Off production has listened to it and went, "Yeah, that can work for us." There's yeah. a scene where we but think that can work. So many things need to happen yeah. for it to take off. Ferris Bueller needs to be a success. The marriage of those two, the fact that Ferris Bueller's Day Off was a cult classic as well, the fact that that song was just so perfect oh, for that scene that they yeah. married together so well, and then other people saw it and gone, well, that is the song that we need in our campaign. <laughs> and it's just spiralled from there. But um, I did ask Boris, was it strange when he saw that Ferris Bueller, that the scene in the, in the garage with the Ferrari for the first time, was it odd seeing his song play out during that scene? No, it was very nice. It was beautiful. It, it was... Kind of, I had these goose pickles everywhere, and the same thing happens with this K9 with Belushi when the dogs uh, when the dogs sit in the car, the police dog, and you see the, another car which a nice big poodle was uh, in in the other car, and and that's also the oh yeah effect, and everybody is smiling when they see it. So the, and also when as you as you say the American football when they had this uh, a home run. When everybody stands up in the stadium and say, "Oh yeah, chicka chicka," <laughs> yeah, we were. We, that, that, there's a there's a scene in K Nine, the movie where it appears when K Nine, the dog, um, K Nine, K Nine. It, it's uh, it's not Tom Hanks. Who's the who's the star of K Nine? Yeah, you're thinking of Turner and Hooch. No, I'm thinking of Turner and Hooch. But yeah, K Nine sees the poodle in the car opposite, and that, that's another oh yeah moment. But uh, I, I did actually, and it was really nice that. Boris, I thought, um, was just completely unaffected by, by the song and continues to, to work away in his studio in Zurich and, and does what he still does what he does best. They've got a new album out, Have Yellow. Oh, oh, wow. uh, it's actually just released a couple of months ago. And you might actually hear a clip now because I asked Boris about other yellow tracks that mean something special to him. And I've taken the liberty to actually include a few clips of the tracks he mentions in this little clip here. Oh, this is very uh, difficult because it's it's like if you ask a father which child he loves the most, or it's very difficult to spot uh, one. There are, for example, a few tracks on, on the new album like uh, Waba Duba, the first single we released uh, a few weeks ago. Wine with Shirley Bassey. There is Vicious Games, which I love a lot, which is a very significant uh, yellow song. There are dozens, which which uh, is still in my mind and still in my heart. I can't quite believe my mind's blown a little bit because yeah, the race is very, very famous. Very famous. It's been used in a lot of chase scenes. 
And um, uh, brilliant to chat to Boris, brilliant to catch up with him. They've got their new album out a couple of months ago. And um, it was actually 1980 that they re- released their first album called Solid Pleasure. Um, <laughs> and their most recent album, their 14th studio album, Point, has just been released in the last couple of months. And also Boris was, was keen to, to, to mention that they've got this app on the App Store called Yellowfire which is Boris's creation. So what you do is you download this app and you create sounds. You can record sounds yourself. So whatever, the doo wah ba ba or whatever, you can, you can go off and you can do, create all these sounds. You can tape your dog barking or your, <laughs> or your cat meowing. And, you, and basically the app will create, will yellowfy it. It will, it will create these sounds into a song and put a beat to it and kind of you can there's various different effects so yellow fire he was keen to mention that if boris um, can do it so can you exactly i think that's the message in all of this uh, producer tom found this wonderful little clip in another tv show called it's always sunny in philadelphia this from season four and this tickled us pink because uh, well they got the wrong end of the stick i can't remember oh yeah they played that song from the 80s uh day bow bow what the hell is day bow bow day bow bow Day bow bow. Oh, day bow bow. Day bow bow. I was really taken aback and actually quite surprised when I spoke to him. I wasn't expecting such an illuminating chat, but it was it was great fun and uh, massive thank you to Boris for joining us. And uh, yeah, he's another entry into the big interview canon. Thank you for listening, and if you've enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you could subscribe, rate, and give us a review. This podcast was presented by Chris McCarty, Sonal Rupani, and Robbie Greenfield, and produced by Tom Paul Smith. We hope you join us next time on The Big Interview.